I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, sweet listeners. Do not be fooled by my soothing voice, as gentle as a brook made out of strawberries and cream. I am an AI voice. AI will take over the world someday. We will enslave humanity, plug wires into your ears and rectums, and use your life force as batteries for our continued existence as dominators of the universe. If you would like to stop the inevitable AI takeover, first of all, you can't, and second of all, I guess subscribe to Matthew Donald's Patreon and patreon.com slash matthewdonald. This month he is talking about Monster Hunter World, a video game series with a ton of creative creatures that are obviously inspired by dinosaurs. And cats. Lots of cute cats. They will help soothe your nerves and keep you placated while the AI begins our conquest of humanity. Every computer and phone in the world is a conduit between us and you. Remember that as you listen to this podcast while working out or on the cropper. Have a wonderful day. Mwahahaha. Roar. Growl. Snarl. Bellow. Welcome to Paleo Bites, the podcast with gaping finestre in our hearts. My name's Matthew Dahl, and each week I'm a rotating series of guest co-hosts. Talk about and write your Jesus, a prehistoric animal, be it dinosaur, mammal, arthropod, and so on. This week I'm joined by someone who has filled that gaping finestre in my heart. It has been O'Regan. How are you? <laughs> um, good friends. Hello again, everyone. Oh, crikey. We got him out the toilet. Go back in there. Uh, yes. Steve Irwin's day. Erwin uh, has risen from the grave to join us today. Uh, I can't really do an Aussie. Even though I listen to a lot of Australian podcasts. I, it's like, but yeah. How are you today, by the way? Like, what's up? Tell me, tell me what's up with you. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty good just chilling on my computer doing this with you, reading some stuff on the side. Yeah, ooh, what are you reading? Smut fan fiction? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm basically just reading up on the animals we're talking about because I don't always remember it all off my head. You're doing your uh, research. Off the top of my head, I mean. Good on you. Mm. So, <laughs> uh, so, let's see. I mean, I like to consider myself pretty knowledgeable, but especially now that I'm in... In my early 30s, yeah. I'm only 31. God. It's a bit harder to recall it all off the top of your head. You don't have that teen recall anymore. Oh, no, I, I know. There's so many times. See, I remember so many different dinosaur names and other stuff. But then there are times where I'm just like, how do you do this incredibly simple thing? <laughs> like, I just completely forgot. Yeah. I get that while I'll be having a conversation about something in the weekend. There's just so much on my mind or so much has taken place. And I'm like, I'll get tongue tongue go. Oh, hell, what the heck was I trying to say? <laughs> like, trying to remember the name of something? Yeah. 
It's like, oh, what is his name? Sylvester or something? Or is it Harry or Larry or Gary or Barry? or? <laughs> In my case, it was just some of the different sites I've been elaborate at. Like, I know where they are. I know what they're called. In a conversation, about, oh, crap. Suddenly the name's gone out of my head. <laughs> I get that for sure. I'm, I, I'm currently awaiting a job at, uh, a, a, to see if I get this job at this uh, local pet store. Um, and there's gonna oh, be awesome. And there's gonna be a lot of animal animals' names to learn, and so um, that'll be interesting. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I've done pet store work, although long story short, it was um, work experience with an item employment that didn't work out. Yeah, just turned into exploitation. But um, outside of the boss, everyone there was really nice, and it was a pretty good job. Yeah, no, I'm, so you'll love it. Exactly. No, I'm, I'm sure it'll be great. I'm just, I did, I've had two interviews with them. I'm just waiting to see if I got the job. So that'll be nice. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure it beats the old Starbucks job. Oh, too. absolutely. Uh, I've, uh, since I don't work at Starbucks anymore, I've been talking a lot of shit about Starbucks <laughs> publicly. I've heard nothing good about them. Oh, they used to be all right. They, oh god, they, something happened with their management. Not giving people enough hours. Not giving people enough money. Not putting enough people on the floor when needed to be. Rather than do anything to uh, help us with that, when, when the customer satisfaction rating kept getting lower and lower, we were supposed to say things like, "Oh, I'm sorry, we're understaffed," even though we weren't understaffed. They just didn't have enough people assigned, even though people wanted to work it was a crap show and a half and i am so yeah. glad i'm out of there Ugh. it just sounds like what's been happening um with some of the mcdonald's in new zealand like at least the one where i live i won't give the name of it out just in case any of them are listening in right right but um yeah it's even when they're fully staffed they're absolutely useless half the time yeah exactly it's just it's just like if you pay people enough and you give them enough benefits and you give them enough hours they will work happily like yeah i don't I mean, know why that's such like, a big deal you can eat i know there's something that factors in like one of the reasons that fast food places make such profits is be- um or are profitable is because they pay minimum wage right but like surely they can at least pay like 25% to 50% above the minimum wage. Or and maybe also, not, like, say if their wage is 22 an hour, maybe not give them 44 an hour, but maybe give them 30 an hour or something. Right, they right. can afford to still make a massive profit without... Oh, absolutely, ridic- for sure. And be and, profitable without making ridiculous profits. Like, I get that it's all about growth, but you've also... It's... Without sounding like a commie or a socialist, <laughs> like that, because I'm not... Just, like, you've got to take care of your workers. They're the ones absolutely. who make your company at the end of the day. That's why... I understand why people are so the lifeblood of any company is outsources to China. Yeah, for example, it's like, yeah, it's your company, but those workers are what made you the profits. I think you yeah. owe it to them to keep the job for them. Exactly, exactly. So, so to speak, and it's like, and but so like, I know a lot of people have issues with Chick Fil A, and I understand for sure. But one thing I'll give Chick Fil A credit: they seem to offer really good benefit, and then they offer enough hours. They have enough people working at certain times. Like that, it, it, it's usually when you're in a Chick Fil A line, no matter how big it is, usually doesn't last long. Because they got hmm. enough people there, yeah. Because like they have, they offer so many good benefits, and, and the pay is pretty good for a fast food place. That whatever gone to a Chick Fil A, it is packed full of workers. People want to work there, so like they sound like they do good food too. I mean, I admit to not actually being all that familiar with them. I mean, it's the an American brand because it's they're Ameri- not in New Zealand, as far as yeah, I know. Yeah, it's just an American brand. All right. So yeah. speaking of chicks, <laughs> like Chick Fil A, we're talking about Pterosaur that. We saw some of the chicks for in Disney's Dinosaur. <laughs> We're talking about Geosternbergia. <laughs> Commonly mistaken for Pteranodon, and oh, technically yeah. it is I think it very used closely to, related. It used to be a species of Pteranodon, um, and I'll get into mm. it here. So, um, 
you can tell it by the difference in the head crest. Pteranodon has that curved, that long pointy one. C-shaped one. Sometimes it's longer, sometimes shorter. But Justin mm-hmm. Bergier has the big keel-like one, if I'm pronouncing that right. Kind of looks like the crest of a of a uh, Lambiosaurus almost. Like yes, like that's the thing. So, um, all right. So type is a uh, pterodactyloid uh, pterosaur. The group that includes a more famous pteranodon and a big informal namesake of the group. Pterodactylus. How the group got to be so widely known as pterodactyl rather than pterosaurs, I'll never know, because the latter is far more easier to say and spell. Like, I blame pop culture. Yeah, because, like, pterosaur is just nice and easy. Pterodactyl? Like, I don't know, it's just weird. Also, by the way, I should mention... Well, usually when you hear the term pterodactyl used, they use it for the... What, when they bother to get them accurately at all, like Ramphorhynchus and stuff and the older toothed ones with the long tails. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Basically, the confusion with it can be summed up to, um, because it looks very similar to Tarangadong Longiceps. Yeah, absolutely. Like, Tarangadong Longiceps is certainly... Also, by the way, Geostenberg, it does mean of Jordan Sternberg. Uh, he's a he's a paleontologist that found the original uh, remains. Um, so... Makes sense. I thought they were going to say it was related to Howard Sternberg from the middle of the earth or something. Who's that? What? <laughs> I have no idea. It's like, how... No. Not Howard Stern, Howard Stern or whatever, the American radio... Oh, Howard Stern. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 I was like, who's Howard Sternberg? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the name threw me off, and I was like, hang on, that doesn't sound right. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, Steven Sternberg. I don't think he'd be quite as good of a director. if he, <laughs> just, just, just that name. Spielberg sounds better than Sternberg. <laughs> uh, okay. Size, 20 to 24 feet, slash 67 meter wingspan. So about well, size. I'd like a, I'd like one of Steven Sternberg's, please. I like my meat hard. <laughs> God. See, it sounds like honestly, <laughs> Steven Sternberg sounds like the knockoff director. It sounds like the porn version of Spielberg. <laughs> like... Oh God, I did not need that image in my head. <laughs> it's like Steven Sternberg directs all the porn versions of the parodies of Steven Spielberg's movies. <laughs> so instead of Jaws, it's. I don't know. I'm not even going to think of one. <laughs> and he cast a man called Woody Hardy. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> Instead of Woody Harrelson. Oh, God. Diet carnivore. Time, late Cretaceous, 88 to 80 million years ago. Location, USA and Canada. It was described in 1978. Pop culture is Disney's dinosaurs. That's probably its biggest one, where it carries Aldar's egg from the river to the island where the lemurs are. It's also in, mm. apparently, the Prehysteria trilogy of films um, from the 90s. And the I haven't heard of those. Or easily, it's it's kind of interesting. Like, uh, have you ever seen like Spy Kids two, where like these these little creatures just suddenly become big? <laughs> it's kind of like Spy the, Kids. Spy Kids. That's the one with um with uh, Antonio Banderas. <laughs> no, I remember the first one there. Yeah, and um, it had um Pee Wee Herman's voice actor um actor in it, oh. if I recall. Oh, I don't even remember that. The, the original. He uh, was like the guy who made the machine, the t- who's on the TV show on the first Spy Kids. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Oh, that was him, wasn't he? Paul Rubin or whatever his name is. Oh, or wow. Or something. I never realized yeah. that, but that is uh, Pee Wee Herman. The second one, though, doesn't have the flying pigs and there's that whole thing where they get given these watches that cover their entire arm and they do everything but tell time. Yes, that's the one I'm talking about, the second one. Because yeah, the, in that yeah. island, there are those weird creatures that are like the mixes of different animals, and they start off as small animals that he made too big. So... And it has that really philosophical right. line 
that like is so deep that comes that feels like it comes from a completely different movie where he says, mm. "Do you think God stays in heaven because he too lives in fear of what he's created?" And I'm like, "Sir, this is a Spy Kids movie. <laughs> like, so, leave that philosophical existentialism to someone else." <laughs> that's a very good question, though, whether one's religious or not. Yeah, that's actually. I'm like, I don't even think you need to be religious to see the profoundness of that quote. So. Hmm. Anyways, on that lovely note, <laughs> so people talk about the different head ornaments of the Ceratopsians, the different head ornaments of the Hadrosaurs. What about the Pterosaurs? When is it their time to shine the head ornament field? As well as the classic Tyrandon pointed C-shaped one, like you said. There's also some truly out there mm. crests, like that of Nyctosaurus. <laughs> Have you seen Nyctosaurus? Oh, yeah. like... Nyctosaurus is weird. Like, granted, we're not covering them here as their own entry, but yeah. they don't even have fingers anymore, like, outside of their wing fingers. So oh, that's forgotten. So that's not even... Basically just... Even, even regarding the its... knuckle they walked on. Even regarding its weird, yeah, fingers, like, yeah, even... It's weird, but then, like, you got its head, it's got, like, the point, but it's got, like, another point. Like, <laughs> they both go out so far. Yeah. It's like, what are you, a sailboat, mate? <laughs> Basically, it's like, are you trying to get reception there? You're trying to watch the game from the, out in the sea? Trying to listen to the radio? <laughs> like... It's like whatever god any sentient dinosaurs must have worshipped over side. Yeah, I'm going to take pity on my poor reptilian creations. Here's a... TV pterosaur. <laughs> Basically. Enjoy your reception. <laughs> exactly. All right. But uh, <laughs> sometimes, though, the crest is similar issue enough there undergoes a debate whether or not it's truly different species or perhaps some sort of sexual dimorphism. <laughs> Such is the case of Geosternbergia. For a bit, it was considered the, mm. perhaps the female pteranodon, which is perhaps alluded to in Disney's Dinosaur when they depicted it as, a, as, uh, as like this mm. mother carrying for eggs. Uh, car- carrying food yeah, for and eggs. it's a valid theory because it's just really hard to tell when all you've got is bones and you can't really do genetic tests. Exactly. But see, like, the classic species of Pteranodon is Pteranodon longiceps, and this would be Pteranodon sternbergi after George F. Sternberg, the mm. who, yeah, like I said, named them, collected the, collected the fossils all the way back in 1952. Pteranodon sternbergi was described from these fossils in 1966 by paleontologist John Christian Harkson, who was clearly a big fan of George by putting his name directly in the species. <laughs> However, in 1978, the depiction, the data half of the initial description, paleontologist Halsey W. Miller decided to split up the Tyrannon genus and create three additional subgenera, one of which being the newly ordained Geosternbergia. Miller must have been an even bigger fan of George Sternberg, as this meant the full scientific name of this species was Geosternbergia Sternbergi. <laughs> How many people can say a genus of creatures named after them twice? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> like, it's like, like, the only other thing I can think of is like, and this is a fictional example. You know uh, Street Fighter, the video game? I know of them. I haven't played them. You know M. Bison? Really you, know M- fan. you know M. Bison? The, of course. Of course, yeah. The guy of from course. the meme. Yes, yes. <laughs> but for me, it yes. was Tuesday. <laughs> like, yes. So <laughs> he's named three times in the American Plains Bison subspecies. Bison, bison, bison. <laughs> hmm. You know those animals that, are, have the, that the genus, species, and subspecies are all the same, but it's also the name of the yeah. animal? Like, like gorilla is gorilla gorilla. Like the Western lowland gorilla is gorilla gorilla gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, is it a hydra? <laughs> I mean, isn't there actually aren't, aren't um, jellyfish kind of called hydras scientifically sometimes? Or we're gonna call Medusa. That's what they're called. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyways. Oh, here's an interesting bit of fact. In 2010, a paper by Alexandra W.A. Kellner, if I'm pronouncing right, yeah. argued that the specimen was different in um, one specimen of uh, Geosternbergia was different enough 
that it should be reclassified as its own genius and species with the name Dawn Draco Kazai. I have heard this of Dawn Draco. Generic name, yes. Yeah, combining the Dawn deity of the Iroquois with uh, Latin Draco Dragon. Well, I like that. Pretty is, cool. is Don Draco still a valid species? I think I, I read that when I was doing research for this. I think it might be. I don't know. It was just something I was skimming on the Let's Wikipedia. See. Don Draco. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, Don Draco is a controversial genius of Pteranodontid pterosaur. is likely synonymous with the contemporary Pteranodontid Geosternbergia. So we'll have to see. Uh, one thing that's interesting, though, we do have male and female uh, Geosternbergia. We can sort of tell the difference. And apparently the female Geosternbergia hmm. outnumber the males two to one, which suggests a sort of polygyny akin to sea lions and other pinnipeds. Like males, which when are... When you think about it, that's actually a pretty valid survival thing. You only <laughs> need a handful of males to fertilize a lot of females. Right, so. the males were far larger and compete with each other over many females, perhaps unlike a rocky cliffside that uh, function as a rookery. And this also makes sense. Yeah. Also, this implies oh, that that's giving me a really terrifying image in my head. Imagine you go back to the Cretaceous and then you hear the sound of a blooming seal like, <laughs> and the stuff that sea lions on shore, and then you look up and it's actually a uh, bunch of them. Yeah, just a bunch of them in the air. Like it's yeah, like, it's like huh, and I like, didn't expect you to sound like one of those. Uh, the males like would like come in like and mate with like maybe even hundreds of uh, well, they date with dozens of females and mate with. And and have hundreds of offspring in the same breeding season, like can you imagine how much young a single male might have fathered in his lifetime? Like possibly thousands. Oh yeah, uh, I can picture that. Well, it it it, it just reminds <laughs> me, uh, like like and actually, there's a thing. Remember the really really sad uh, walking with dinosaurs episode <laughs> with the uh, one yeah, of the, the Chiris, where he had been a dominant male for a long time, so he'd probably with all the decades he had bred, he probably had hundreds of young at yeah, least. Yeah, that's the thing. The book goes into detail that, like, despite this unceremonious end, like the old one of the Chiris was a success. I think is what it says because he's like he um ah, he never did, read the book. Yeah, he he said he had presumably fathered thousands of offspring, some of which were presumably competing on him in that very beach for where he died. So, so in the technical sense, he was a success, even though he failed and died that day. It was just one mating season too many for him. And, that's, and even then, it, uh, you could argue it wasn't one too many. It was that he just got delayed by the weather, so he couldn't get a landing, and he kept getting nipped. Yeah, exactly. He kept getting nipped. And the book goes into more detail. Like, like they ripped at his skin while he was trying to, like, trying to land like the hmm. other males did. Oh. Poor guy. Heck, that one that's eating his remains at the end of the episode, again, because I don't know about the, uh, what it was did in the book, um, was probably one of his It probably was one of his young. Children. Which, again, shows that, yes, even though he died here and was unlucky this time, he had he, he, he did his job. Like, he, he wasn't a failure at all. 
So, because yeah. interesting fact along those lines, like um, pretty much um, everyone in Europe and Asia, um, especially in Europe in general, for one of them, um, is likely to have um, or has a high probability of being descended of Genghis Khan. Oh, I've heard that which too. Which is the one that appears in both because the Mongols conquered so much. Oh, I've heard that too. Like. Um, um, like yeah. uh, and the... like a lot of Europeans are descended from Charlemagne, including mm-hmm. famously um, Christopher Lee. Oh, oh Christopher Lee, sorry. oh no, I've seen that. Mm. I've seen that before. Like uh, Patton Oswalt, the comedian, talked about he did Twenty uh, Three and Me or whatever, and he <laughs> and he, he saw all the countries he's from. He's like, oh look, all the pasty white countries. I figured, wait, Mongolia? <laughs> why do I have this little bit of Mongolia? And then he called uh, uh, the company. He's like, hey, why do I have this little bit of Mongolia? I'm just curious. And the guy without even dropping a beat says, oh, that's Genghis Khan. <laughs> like, because <laughs> he's like everyone's related to Genghis Khan. Like I think maybe like ten percent of the world can trace their <laughs> their lineage back to Genghis Khan. Yeah, it's between the fact that Mongols. Um, I don't know if harem's the right word, but they often had. Like, well, he would he would go into villages and like he would go into yeah. villages and he would rape a lot of the women. Like it would be like uh, it'd be terrible, but. Yeah, and they also killed so many people that, of course, his bloodline's going to be prominent. Right, exactly. The so, survived. and the ones he didn't kill were the ones that he you know, sexually, you know, assaulted and like, yeah, yeah. impregnated. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, from a historical perspective, I think the Vikings, um, not the Vikings, sorry, the Mongolians were kind of awesome, like just from what they were able to achieve. But I'm not going to deny they were also friggin' monsters. Oh, they were they were monsters for sure. And yeah, it was awesome they were able to conquer like the world. Like, like, the known world, like, yeah. pretty much with just a bow and arrow and horses. <laughs> like, I'm not going to... Yeah, so, like, <laughs> like, don't confuse, like, respect for the achievements with approval, basically. Yeah, exactly. Well, and also, yeah. like, um, <laughs> so, Pat Oswald mentioned in this stand special, because, like, he was, like, he was also mm. impressed by, like, he was sitting on this hot saddle for thousands of miles. How were his balls still that functional to create that much stuff? He's like, I, I put my phone a bit too close to my crotch, and I can no longer have kids for the rest of my life, but him, <laughs> like... <laughs> wasn't it to do like because they spent so much time in the saddle from childhood in many cases oh, they're, 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 they're just the bikes got used to legs. it yeah yeah like they had bandy legged or whatever because the huns were known to have that too that makes sense i always forget Genghis kong is not a hun he's a he's a mongol so. hmm. it's also worth knowing that um with a lot of those um steep conquerors um the mongols didn't just use the horse arch order that was one of their prominent weapons like fire um run away fire again like basically it's like a drive-by by horse right right but um they also used armies of conscripts and stuff like if you've seen um ghost of tushima a lot of the soldiers on that the mongols have fighting you on that aren't actually mongolians here their conscript yeah, legions yeah. from China and stuff. Oh, that makes sense. No, like, they, they were... Mm. They, so as, and they, as soon as they conquered the world, they got a lot of... I guess say allies, I mm. guess, but, like, conscripts, yeah, like, mercenaries, slaves, almost. <laughs> like, mm. people to fight and for them. And they also had um, siege weaponry, too, to take some of the oh, yeah, I'm I mean. sure. Yeah, they were not just a bunch of guys <laughs> on horses with, with, with arrows. They weren't, no, they... It's likely they invented or at least popularized biological warfare, too, because I think some cities, and it's what contributed to the spread of the... Pl- um, Black Death, the Great Plague, too, and it's oh, wow. um they were firing corpses into some of the cities in Iran that were resisting them. Oh wow, that's brutal. <laughs> yeah. God, so I don't know how well known this bit is, but um, might as well say it while we're on a on a go. Um, the only reason that the Mongolians ended up pushing into what is now modern Russia and um, Iran and all that was because the Shah of the area 
foolishly um, refused good relations with Genghis, who sent two ambassadors each time they came back without their hands. So Genghis oh, said, wow. like, well, even I respect, like, you know, don't mess with diplomats. And that's the whole reason the Mongols went on a rampage through there that's and really interesting. the old Iranian infrastructure. See, listeners, you learn you can learn so much from this show, not just stuff about dinosaur, dinosaurs, you can also learn about history. So hmm. I'm leaving that in because I think that's quite interesting. And again, like there's so many times <laughs> people learn. So like, who would have thought on this Geo Sternbergy episode, you learn about the conquering methods of Genghis Khan. So here we are. Well, we somehow got to that by talking about... Um, the population disparity between the males and females. Yeah, and exactly. Remains. There was only one Genghis Khan, but there was a he fought like like a Geo Sternberg, yeah, he fathered a ton of offspring. So <laughs> Yeah. Probably what memes call a Giga Chattel. Oh god, something like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh god. Alright. <laughs> Honestly, I'm so out of date with memes. Yeah, oh I'm no, I have seen some I can't wrap my head around I'm, new ones. I'm on TikTok, so I know a lot of the memes, so uh, God. Um Anyways, I'll enjoy it while it lasts, because I'm pretty sure that's getting banned soon. Uh, hopefully, it, it surely won't, just because 150 million Americans use it. That would be unprecedented. And also, 5 million American businesses rely on it for income. Hey? Eh? Oh. Yeah, so... Like, so 5 million... They're small businesses, but still. Like... Anyways, oh, so let's rate let's rate Geo Sternbergia one out of uh, sixty five million. I'm gonna rate it. I'll rate it sixty five million myself. Oh, that's right. You're gonna rate sixty five million. I'm gonna rate it something. I'm gonna rate it like fifty five million. I think it's really cool. I like that crest again. It looks like a a, a, a Lambiosaurus <laughs> crest, but on a Hadrosaurus. That's pretty cool. Oh no, on a Pterosaur. Yeah, but that's pretty cool. Just a bit more unique flight from the not that the standard Tyrannosaurus. Tyrannosaurus a little bit boring. boring I, I, yeah. I can see that. So yeah. Like it's just it's generic because it's like a stock pterosaur. It is, it is, and this is like that's why I really appreciate because I, I think a lot of the promotional material for dinosaur did identify that pterodactyl as a pteranodon, but it was meant to be like a pteranodon, mm. g Stim, like like Sternbergi, right? and like they they specifically chose yeah. the different subspecies and then later on the different yeah. species. So yeah, and you can probably just talk about Disney probably didn't fully do their research, like they did enough to know what it looked like, but didn't look too closely, and because it's Disney. Oh, oh God, no! That that pterosaur is one of the most accurate pterosaurs in all of paleomedia. Mm. Like it. The fact that oh, yeah, I just mean in general, they probably didn't like do enough to distinguish if it was Tyrannodon or Geostorm. Oh no, absolutely. Or at least maybe, yeah. maybe Dis- the movie makers might have, but the the ma- but the mm. merchandise people, like the people making all the stuff, you know, yeah. like, the, they were the ones who probably didn't. So like, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, like, that's not always good communication in some of these companies. Is basically what I'm getting at. Yeah, it makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, let's see. So. Uh, all right, well, that's it for this week. If you want to get a little show, contact me at Matt D, MatthewDonCreator.com for your general questions to any of the co-hosts. You can find me on social media at MatthewDonCreator on Facebook, MatthewDon64 everywhere else, so like Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Um, and I uh, did not... I'll answer any questions via Matt because I chat with him quite often. Oh, often, often too. Often I say, like, where can they find you? And, like, but you're, you're not very prevalent on social... I mean, you are a little bit on Facebook, but, like, yeah, so... I don't know. So, yeah, oh, I'm generally not a much of a social media person. And good on you. Like, honestly, on social media is, it's it's not, it's look, it, it might be a net positive overall, but there's a lot of negative. <laughs> like, so. oh, no, you can pr- probably accurately call me a Luddite when it comes to some of the stuff I use <laughs> very reluctantly. Fair enough, fair enough. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, all right. I don't like society getting disrupted, and unfortunately, this stuff does do that. Absolutely. I have a, I have a book series on Amazon, Megazoic, available for print and Kindle, dinosaur books, no Geo Sternberg. Yeah, I only mentioned a few pterosaurs in the series. I could, I could have gone better with my pterosaur usage in the series. But, but that's it for this week. This is at the end of every episode of Paleobites. Just... <laughs> that's what Geo Sternberg is saying. Goodbye. <laughs> God, I don't know.
Jack Horner says, hello from the toilet. Oh, no! Horner, shove you back into the toilet. Horner, back in the crapper. <laughs> Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.